Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 115 for Tuesday 6th September 2016, doing a three-way. Darren and I are back for the very last thrill ever and are joined by Jesse Gallagher to discuss MW Lug, the future of Domino and Pages, and what Project Toscana means for all of us. Oh, and we end our very last show with some exciting news. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. Well, we're back. This is This Week in Lotus, episode 115. I am Stuart McIntyre, and I'm joined by my co-host, once again, Mr. Darren Duke. How are you, Darren? Long time no here. Hasn't it just been that? Yeah, I've been you know, listening to the theme tune from uh, from copying some stuff across the website, and it's like so many memories come flooding back. So exactly how long is it since we've done the last one? Oh, I'm going to have to go look on the website now. It's something like four years, somewhere around that. Wow. We've done a few live ones since, but four years since we've done one sat in our own offices. And, and this is a one-off? Yes, yeah, we are not coming back. We're, we're not coming back on a weekly basis. I think it would kill me. It was it was bad enough back when I was when I was young and fit and all that. But now it's it's going to be tough to <laughs> so, so what are you now? <laughs> well, the opposite, something like that. <laughs> Anyways, it's good to be chatting to you again. And and we saw each other recently too at NW Lug. So uh, so that's where the spark of the idea came from. So um, we're joined once again by uh, by a guest. Uh, we've always had guests on the show. It's always been great to have folks from around the, the Lotus and IBM community join us. And, and this time it's Jesse Gallagher. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Uh, hi, I'm doing all right. And uh, I'm glad to have uh, to finally make it for the end, I guess, to finally uh, <laughs> put the show into into its grave, I suppose. <laughs> you, you are. You, you, Jesse Gallagher is the nail. <laughs> And uh, Jesse, I th- I th- we were chatting before the show, weren't we? we? I think we nearly had you on once and you never quite made it. So I'm glad we, we closed the loop and, and finally had you on the show. I made it. You guys just t- decided to take a several year <laughs> hiatus. So It was a sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, well, it's fantastic to have you on. You, for, for the benefit of our, of our listeners, do you want to introduce yourself and, and what you do and, and who you work for? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Jesse Gallagher. I'm a programmer. Like that's uh, the been a programmer ever since uh, before college, I guess. I work at I Know Some Guys. We're a uh, consulting company outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I do a lot of blogging. I've been doing XPages stuff for a very long time. Uh, I've been doing some other stuff as well recently, which uh, will probably come up at some point. Um, but yeah, so I just do a lot of development stuff, a lot of uh, tweeting and some blogging when I remember to get around to it. <laughs> Sounds familiar. I think that's true of all three of us one way or another. And I have to say, I don't think I've any heard anyone call themselves a programmer for years. So, so kudos for that, because usually it's like, well, I'm a front-end programmer that uses AngularJS on Tuesday and Node.js on a Wednesday. Oh, I'm an, I mean, I'm an artisanal software architect. That's oh, what I meant to say, obviously. Ooh, 
You're like my PMR creation. Everyone's an artisanal object. <laughs> and you have to, to tell us, where does your website name come from? Frostdelicious. What, uh, what's the background to that? Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a Simpsons reference, uh, basically. Not, ah. not, uh, not anything beyond that. Uh, there was an episode where uh, it was a, you know, like a one-off gag, and I was like, oh, .us, uh, I live in America. That's an ending of a domain name. And so I wanted something shorter than my old one. I had... Uh, secondfoundation.org, which is an Asimov reference, uh, but that's uh, quite a mouthful, and it, it's hard to write on a piece of paper with a small field, so it's like, ah, I probably need a, a shorter one. Um, so that's that's what it is, basically. Okay. That, like, similarly, my you know, like my Twitter handle doesn't mean anything in particular. It's just a, a that one's a World of Warcraft reference after after a fashion. So um, l- let me get this right. You, you, you were shocked that Asimov's naming convention was lol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a fan of the domain name. I just, uh, you know, it is a lot of letters. But I, I kind of stalled on his books, probably around book 487. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably realistic. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jesse, welcome to This Week in Lotus. Fantastic to have you on. Good to talk to you. Um, and so we're, we're going to cover primarily today MWLUG. Uh, the three of us were all there at the conference um, just a, a, what, a couple of weeks ago. It was August 17th to the 19th, uh, held in Austin in Texas. Um, and so, Darren, do you want to just cover off? You, you've probably been to more of these than, than the other two of us have. But, but do you want to talk to us about what MWLUG is and kind of where it's come from? Um, yeah, so <clears throat> as its name suggests, but not its location, <laughs> it was primarily uh, the Midwest Lotus user group when it was created. Um, and I think it was created by both Richard Moy and Greg Eldred. I think they were down at Lotusphere one year and talked about doing it and decided to get all the little dispersed logs to do one mm. super log uh, around the, you know, Icon US, that kind of, uh, UK log kind of philosophy. Uh, and that's where it's come from. And for the first couple of years, which I wasn't involved with, it did actually bounce around the Midwest. Um, but apparently they exhausted Midwest cities pretty quickly and have branched out lately to Austin, Texas, and then Atlanta was last year. And we've been we've been going for probably five or six years now, so this is not our first one. And Richard Moy, who runs it, does does a fantastic job. I've never stayed in nicer hotels than when I go to MW Look. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hotel snob as well, so I don't stay in, you know, Mama's Staggering Inn with two ends. Uh <laughs> which is a real hotel, by the way, in Monette, Missouri. Um, so, it, you know, it's worth going just to get the $185 a night in a Four Seasons because that was a beautiful hotel. It was. Um, and it's, I mean, it's great. It's, it's, it's sessions. It's the sessions you'd want to see. It's the speakers who would get to Lotusphere. But more importantly, it also carves off 25% for, for new speakers. So there's always some new blood coming in there, which I, I always think is a, is a phenomenal idea. And Jesse, how many of these have you been to now? Uh, four or five. The first one I went to was the one that was in uh, was in Pittsburgh, which was you know, super convenient for me. Uh, distance has been less convenient, but still great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's been. I've been going to a, to a number of these recently, and you know, it's a really great conference. Like there, you know, I cannot say enough good things about it, uh, and not just because I generally speak there, um, but like just in it's great lineup great you know it's got a big poll a lot of people coming i mean it's not it's never as large a group of people as lotusphere but that yeah. can be good um but uh yeah it's it's uh, top notch and beer yes oh yeah lots of <laughs> i mean and they, they do you're right i don't drink which shocks everybody when they hear that um but yeah i mean every year there's at least one brewery tour or the event is at a brewery and i think the la- at least the last two years it's been at a brewery right well no, maybe 
not Lalanda, but the year before. So, you know, if if you think the Midwest is, is full of alcoholics, you may not be far <laughs> wrong. And that was one of, the, one of my takeaways. Is, you know, this was the first one I've been to. I've been wanting to get to MW Lug for, for many years and finally made it this year. And, um, you know, with, with Social Connections, we've always tried to kind of build a strong social side into the conference, you know, lots of receptions, that kind of thing. But really, MW Lug blows us away in terms of the, the structure of it and, and the effort that's obviously gone into choosing the location, choosing the kind of sublocations of the, of the events. Um, music as well plays a big part. You know, they had a, a, um, a band playing for the uh, for the opening session um, and the tour of the IBM Labs as well. It's clear that Richard and his family and, and the rest of the team there, you know, put a huge amount of preparation into this, and and it really comes through and, and it feels quality really from start to finish. I was I was seriously impressed. And Amanda Bauman deserves a shout out too because yeah. every year they have a local um, in the city liaison for want of a better word, and and Amanda Bauman from IBM was a liaison at Austin this year. And I think her top 10 tips for Austin were kind of great, actually. Yeah, definitely. And I, th- I think she, she uh, sang as well at, at sort of one of the closing evening events as well. So, yeah, thanks, Amanda, for, for, for all that you did for the event as well. And, and Darren, as you intimated, I mean, it, it started as, as Midwest Latitude Group and it, it expanded way beyond that. And I, I think the next event is kind of penciled in for, for Washington. So, so going even further afield. But it, it really does feel like, you know, not to, to kind of diminish any of the other lugs in the U.S., but it feels like this one has become very much the primary kind of regional user group for the, for the U.S. Is that fair? I, I would say this is now the de facto big user group. And, and just to clarify, mm. in, in America, there's two Washingtons. He means DC. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Well, three Washingtons, not the dead one and not the one on the West Coast. Um, so, so yeah, I think it now is, is kind of a de facto, you know, with, with Icon kind of going um, online only. But I think Chris is on about, Chris Miller's on about starting it up again next year. But with Icon kind of going away a bit, this has become a de facto. I mean, last year there was probably 250 users. This year had to be close. You know, I would say somewhere between 200 and 220 this mm. year, which, you know, when, when you when you consider how far away it really is from the core Midwest part of that, it, it's doing leaps and bounds. It's phenomenal. I think it also shows, you know, a real appetite in that, you know, I, I've seen outside the IBM world as well, is that really events in the US seem to kind of go either East Coast or West Coast, don't they? You know, Florida, New York, whatever, or, or way over in, in California, you know, Las Vegas kind of, to me, at least feels like West Coast as well. Whereas, you know, there's obviously a pent up demand for, for gatherings in that central zone. And, um, you know, this has really demonstrated it in terms of gathering a good number of people to it every year. Jesse might want to kind of mute for a bit um, because I'm going to say, right, one of the interesting things about NWLog is you get to go to places you wouldn't go. And I would have honestly thought Pittsburgh was a hovel. <laughs> but it was beautiful. I, I was shocked. I'm like, where did this come from? How how has no one told me that Pittsburgh is this beautiful? And so I, I actually enjoy going to see the places because I've, I've only ever been to Austin a couple of times, but never actually Austin, Austin. I've always been out in, uh, is it Round Rock? That's where Dell is, right? Um, so to see Austin, to see um, Milwaukee, to see Grand Rapids as well was a beautiful place. You know, you get to see all of these kind of cool places. And like I said, you get to stay in these top-notch hotels that you normally run of a mill wouldn't be able to afford. It, it's, it's, and you get sessions and you get the social. It's like it checks off every single box plus a few I didn't know I had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, 
first off with Pittsburgh, like I, I'm in the Philadelphia side, so we've got to, you know, I'm I'm fine with a little Pittsburgh bashing here and there. So <laughs> they, don't worry, I'm not going to defend them too much. But I, I keep trying it, to get him to go to Philly. I, so so <laughs> the one after next needs to be Philly. I need to go to Philly on a on a on a on a uh, tax advantage vacation. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like I, I love going to these places. Like I hadn't been to Indianapolis or Grand Rapids, and those are, you know, it's great to have a reason to go out there. And especially is from my distance, uh, it was like me and the other guys in my company we drove out there. It was a great time, um, you know, getting to see these not that far away places that I wouldn't necessarily go to otherwise. Uh, it's one of the nice aspects. And down the, the day before the conference, there was a trip to San Antonio. What was that all about? What did you see there? So it was, I, I thought it was going to be a couple of hour trip, but it turned out to being almost an entire day trip. Um, San Antonio was about 90 minutes south of Austin. That's it, of course, if there was not road work on the interstate or rain. Um, <laughs> but it was, you know, it was interesting. I, we went to the uh, Alamo, which is really what San Antonio is famous for. And I've got to say, I'm probably not going to be allowed back in Texas now, but I did. I was disappointed with the Alamo. Uh, you know, they've got this beautiful old historic site, and they've got all of these hideous buildings around it. It's kind of a bit of a shame. But the Riverwalk was kind of, you know, uh, 50% cheese, but 50% absolutely epic. It reminded me a lot of what Disney looks like when it's not in Disney. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the Riverwalk. <laughs> we got really wet. We got rained on a lot. And that's another thing about Texas. Apparently it always rains in Texas. It's never dry. You never see the sun. They're all lying to you. I was astounded, actually, on that. I, you know, I, I left a beautifully sunny and very warm London traveling to Texas and thought, yeah, it's going to be 100 degrees, you know, huge kind of heat and, and that, and, and arrived to very British rain for almost the entire time <laughs> I was in the state. It can't be like that, surely. But anyway, it, it, was, it felt like home, <laughs> even with the fender bender on my way from the airport to the hotel. So, um, Yes, okay, t- so- tell everyone who you had a crash with. <laughs> a lady from North Pole, Alaska. I, I, I was sure she was making it up. <laughs> anyway, bless her. She was obviously even less used to driving in Texas than I was. Um, and, and which side the, of the road were you on? I exactly. was on the right side of the road. <laughs> you, you, on the correct side of the road. Correct. I think okay. Correct. Um, and then the following day after that San Antonio trip, uh, the, in the morning there was a a trip to the IBM Design Lab, which is um, you know hosted in in the main Austin labs um, that IBM has there. And, and you know I I thought it was a really impressive tour. Amanda again acted as the liaison for that and, and pulled together um, I, I think two or three of the kind of local um, designers to to take us around those labs. Basically two floors of the of the offices there um, laid out in a very un IBM like way, if you like very funky kind of office design. Um, And they talked us through kind of how they're doing things differently now as part of the design thinking um, kind of, uh, you know, initiative really within IBM. And Darren, Jesse, what what do you guys think of the tour? Did, well, first of all, Jesse, did you go to that? Uh, No, I didn't make it. I was kind of actually just sweating over my presentation later. So I was uh, catching up on some stuff I had to do for that. He means drinking. Uh, no, that was uh, later. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Dan. What did you think? It was weird. I, I, I've never seen so many enthusiastic IBMers in one place. Uh, they were young. They were vitalized. They were enthusiastic. It's like, this is not IBM. W- w- what are you doing? They uh, had free coffee. That was it. Yeah, I mean, that was the big <laughs> deal, right? You walk around the corner, you see a free coffee machine. Like, oh, don't tell all the IBMers. This will be, a... <laughs> be a riot. But it was... You, you hit the nail on the head. It was very, very on IBM. And obviously that's by design. 
if I walked around there as an IBMer that worked somewhere else and saw that, I would be very upset about my office space right about now. <laughs> yeah, and, and there was a bit of that. There was certainly some, you know, comparing, contrasting with other IBM locations and thinking, you know, this is the bee's knees. But um, I, I was also very impressed in terms of, you know, it, it was a very good space you know it felt like somewhere where you could come up with some ideas and discuss them and you know and push forward with them and and be given the kind of support to, to make them into being um and they had you know lots of different teams of folks coming in and out so um every designer that joins ibm worldwide ends up at, at a kind of um you know kickoff really a, a three-month training session i believe um there in austin um so they have groups of those folks they also have customers coming in to to work with with ibm on, on some design pieces maybe where there's custom design needed um and and so it, it felt like a really energized environment and certainly the ibms that spoke to us were incredibly positive about it all um i've never seen so many macs <laughs> in, in my entire life you know i'm, I'm a massive uh, mac proponent but even so i've never seen so many mac pros and you know cinema displays in my life clearly they they kit it out with top notch um top notch uh, kit there and and I, I was kind of left thinking if this ripples out from you know these design locations to the rest of IBM, it, it could really help with getting more more of the millennials to join. Really, getting it to be a more funky environment to work in, and and possibly more productive. When we were asking questions, and interesting your thoughts on this, it, it was hard to see how it directly affected the products we work with. You know, it, it was clear they hadn't really worked with Notes and Domino. Um, it, they didn't really have too much to say directly about you know same time and. Um, you know, and connections and so on. But but clearly there has been work done, you know, through the design thinking ideas, but but it's hard to see how Austin in particular impacts those things. Yeah, I would I would agree. It, it's it kinda of felt to me after talking to a few people, I think we kinda of, me me Stuart and I went on a bit of a Special Forces recce outside of what we're supposed to do. We'll never let us back in an IBM building ever again. And it, it struck me that the money-making side of this is a services play. That it's you as big company A can never employ as many designers as we have in this building, let alone worldwide. Let us outsource your design way of orienting your products. And that kind of struck me as, well, yeah, okay, it's IBM. It's always dollars and cents. IBM, yeah, it's always services. But then it struck me, well, that's a bit sad because, right, IBM's a product company. And I think we're actually kind of told, we were talking to someone from the Tivoli side where they said they'd only really touched 50% of the Tivoli products even today, um, which kind of astounded me. But, you know, I wonder if that's true for each of the, well, not brands anymore, whatever they call them now, that, that if it takes you three to five years to get to 50%, what chance do you ever have of getting 100%? And it also struck me kind of weird, honestly, is a bit weird that they were they were doing design thinking on log readers. But there you go. <laughs> well, what I've seen like with the with the design stuff, like you know, I didn't go to this, but I have seen like the uh, the sessions they've done at Social Connections, and you know, the the overviews of like IBM's design thinking uh, plans. You know, it, sometimes it strikes me as like you know a bit over the top as far as like throw more artists on there, throw more artists on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I I feel like that's probably useful. Like I you know I've never worked at IBM, but I kind of have a feel for like what the kind of the corporate built up culture is probably like. And so I feel like it's probably useful just internally to say like all right, we, well we've got this group that's very different and is like really pushing in a direction that you know is not what we've done historically. And so it's a bit over the top, sure, but we need that to kind of counterbalance everything else. 
Uh, and so, like, even if it's not necessarily that, like, that design team then goes in and, you know, redoes, every, like, the same time UI or whatever, like, even if it's not that, it's still kind of, like, pushing the whole company, which I, I would think is the idea. Um, whether or not that, you know, has measurable effects in everything, I can't say, but, like, it, it does seem like at least a worthwhile attempt of, you know, like, kind of like a, a massive correction, or, well, not even necessarily correction, but, like, massive change where it's like we want to try this out and try to have this affect our entire company in a in interesting ways and so it's like oh i kind of i kind of like to see where that's going and for my next for my next business i'm going to sell post-it notes to the design labs <laughs> <laughs> there are thousands of them in evidence right now for sure and then jesse i'd agree with you you know to make that kind of cultural change you have to go you know many times bigger than you kind of would in in one smaller area to make that bigger impact on a large organization um you know and to engender that kind of change is, is a massive effort and, and requires significant investment and clearly ibm is investing there um it was also interesting to see how those teams collaborated and they were quite open in terms of sharing with us the the tools they use to collaborate and and let's just say they're not the tools that that we get from from ibm lotus to collaborate. No, use some other third really? party ones as well yeah, and, and so, yeah, again, maybe that may feed into Toscana and, and some of the other products as well going forward. So I certainly found it a fantastically interesting visit, um, much more than you would imagine, you know, walking around two floors of IBM might be. It, it was very, very intriguing in terms of seeing what they're going to be doing going forward. Uh, and just as kind of an aside here, IBM are going back to the centralized office is, is what it looks like to me is, you know, they're trying to mm. get everyone... Um, it used to be the old days of you work at home, your dog backs on a conference call, blah, blah, blah. And it looks to me like IBM is changing that philosophy and trying to make people to go into the office to, to innovate. Whether that came from this or not, I don't know. But it was obvious. I, th- I think one person even said, we don't always have to come in the office, but we do. Which struck me as kind of a wow. You're like, okay. Yeah, and definitely see change from 10 years ago in IBM where they were hot desking, you know, everywhere. Um, and, and and that idea of, of shipping, you know, new uh, colleagues, new, you know, new joiners off to a foreign location in many cases for, for 90 days when they join the company. I mean, you know, that must cost a fantastic amount for, for new joiners to do. But but clearly to get somebody to really buy into your culture and methodology is, is, is a great way to do that. So well, Remember, when you're 21 and out of college, any hotel room is better than your apartment. <laughs> this is very true. I That's how you can tell when you're getting mature, when, when, when your hotel room is now not as nice as your house. That's how you can tell you've made it. Good to know. Good to know. So that, that was on the first morning of the conference. Um, in the afternoon, there were the first set of sessions. And, and, and this is kind of different to some of the other user groups that I've been to and run myself, is that really it starts with some of the you know the breakouts on that first afternoon, I guess, to allow folks to travel in that day if, if they need to. And then the keynotes are on the morning of, of the second day, uh, which then allows everybody to get into town and, and make sure they're, they're at those, those main sessions. Um, what, one of the things as a speaker is that that, that does mean there's, there's fewer people around that first more that first afternoon, which which can impact um, you know attendance at your session. But um, but even so, I think I think it's a good way to run it because it does mean that everybody is there for the keynotes on the second day. Um, Darren, what did you think of the keynotes? I stayed for the sad one and left for the IBM one because um, I actually had something I had to go talk to Richard about something, so I was off talking to Richard. Um, but so I the, another thing that. Um, MW Look tries to do is is connect with a local charity slash non profit. 
and th this year it was uh, an organization that uh, would pay the expenses for musicians or bands to go play um, for people who are not long for this world, kind of like maybe at a hospice or at home when, you know, they're in the um, last couple of weeks of life. And I thought that was phenomenal. That, you know, your last wish can be, hey, um, I would like X, Y, Z to come play with me. Uh, in my case, it better not be a mariachi band or Lisa, I am coming back to haunt you. <laughs> um, other than that, it, it was it was excellent. And, and the, the raffle proceeds, uh, but um, if this time was a two-night stay at the Four Seasons, which Lisa won, which was not fixed at all, honest, hand on heart. Um, all the proceeds actually go to that local charity slash non-profit. So I, I, it was it was a very very moving uh, presentation, and it, it didn't think I didn't think it was going to affect me when I when I first saw what it was about. But when you start to see the people uh, in in their beds with a band around them and their family, it really kind of you know even brings out my heartstrings that are buried deep 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 because I'm English. Uh, yeah, and it, like that's always one of the good things about MW like in general, like these you know the the charities they support and they kind of like the the not straight up tech intro kind of thing like the you know the inspirational story or the the, the things to do to help because it like you know it makes you makes you think a little more rather than just specifically about like what products you're working with um i mean i know that i i always immediately just go back to thinking about computers um but you know it, it's it's a good it's a good way to start out these conferences and it's always a great cause and like that's always good to see that you know, like you know that when you're there and you're just you know talking about programming or whatever you are also actually doing something a little good uh with your time and the and the uh the surprisingly low cost of going to the conference to begin with um but it, it's like i i like that aspect of mw lug it's always one of the nicest parts yeah, and that speaker was Christine Albert, who's a local Austin musician who sung really beautifully and, and I thought spoke very powerfully, as, as Darren was saying. And, and the um, the charity was swansongs.org, if you're interested in finding out more about that. I, I as well, was, was very moved by that. I thought it was a, a lovely kind of initiative to support that. And, and I can see how that would be a very beneficial service to run, you know, in all areas of the world. I can imagine that, that doing, you know, great work here in the UK as well. And it was interesting from, from her point of view to see how, how she said that technology has changed that collaboration. Yeah. It used to be, you know, one person on one coast would put together an eight track, one person on another coast would put together an eight track, but of course the eight tracks would be sent and mixed and now it's just, oh, get on Skype and I'll, we'll collaborate and then we'll send you the tracks and then you mix them in GarageBand and you're done. And it's, it, it's very interesting to see her perspective through the ages. Because not that sounded a bit off, but not not quite mm. what I had in mind. But over, over the decades, where it's changed, and that was that was quite interesting to hear. Because you don't you don't put it in context the stuff we do. No, for sure, and and yeah, yeah, they made great use of Dropbox and Skype and yeah, uh, Twitter as well for, for doing yeah, obviously some of the publication stuff. And yeah, it, I, I thought it was really interesting uh, how, how she said that things had changed. And certainly, I had no kind of concept of. of you know, musicians on three different instruments connecting together on Skype and playing together, you know, across the, the time zones. But I can imagine how that would work really well and, and spark some innovation. So that was great. And then Katrina Troughton of IBM um, spoke uh, kind of on a, a fairly sort of, and again, I don't mean this in, in a mean way, but in a very standard kind of IBM deck in terms of talking about some of the bigger concepts, cognitive being a big part of that, and then going down into a little bit more detail in some of the um in terms of some of the roadmap slides that, that we've seen before at Connect and, and elsewhere. Um, you know, was there any, anything particular either of you would take away from, from Katrina's pitch? 
I think that sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was tweeting some of the photos and some of the responses back were very much along the lines of, oh, that product XY isn't mentioned here. And we'll come on to some of that a little bit more in some of the topics we discussed. But it, it was more almost that people were picking apart, you know, what was missing from the roadmap rather than necessarily being excited by by some of the, you know, the new um new releases or some of the plans for that so well i um, think yeah, in, the... In, the, in in the people's defense we have yet to see toscana and the vast majority of people have yet to see verse so it's hard to get excited about the next release of something you haven't seen or the first release of something you haven't seen and may never see yeah and, and i think in the like the you know looking for what's not there i feel like going in and obviously this is a this is a larger topic like you know people are primed to be like all right i just want to see some mention of you know notes and domino that kind of thing um which you know as far as like showing a roadmap like it's it does kind of distract you when you're trying to like if you're trying to get a feel for what ibm is saying um but you know for better or for worse that is kind of the case going in to uh to mw look uh, that a lot of people are you know just waiting to see what's going on there yeah it wasn't your connexa crowd let me put it that way <laughs> Yeah, there, there was certainly a very traditional feel, uh, you know, to, to the topics people were interested in. You know, there's a lot of notes and dominate discussion, lots of X pages, and actually looking around at some of the sponsors. And, and this was again a really good thing I thought about MW Lugs. The main room was actually pretty large, square kind of room with round tables where people had their lunches and so on, with all the sponsors around the outside. And it meant the sponsors got, I, well, to my eyes anyway, got a lot of footfall, worked very well. But but they they were quite a traditional kind of notes and domino or how to migrate from notes and domino onto other things kind of sponsor crowd where they there weren't too many folks doing connections and, and verse in that in that sponsor group yeah yeah I would, I would agree with that and i think that's probably where historically mw luggers sat uh, you know i i think for better or for worse connections and to an extent same time have always had a trouble uh integrating themselves in, in into that kind of format whether it's because the product or, or the user base is different i you know i don't know um, maybe it's honestly maybe because the same time is kind of fire and forget right once it's in what are you really going to do with it apart from upgrading I, I don't know but that's it's always struck me that it's that it is segmented right down the middle that the web sphere kind of products are on one side of the equation and that domino products on the other side of the equation and I'm not sure if there's a way to maybe bring, bring the two together um, it's just the way it is it's always, it's always been a challenge, and I think IBM's continued to, to kind of fight that fight in terms of, you know, particularly as products have transitioned across, it's hard to, to keep people engaged as, as they move to those more complex, you know, di difficult technologies to work with. Um, but you mentioned Notion Domino, um, and that's probably a good place for us to kind of dive in a little bit more into some of the current topics that are exercising the minds of, of Lotus folks around the world. Um, Darren, you, you posted, I'm going to call it a blog post rather than that R word, but you, you posted a really interesting post about the future of, of, of Notion Domino in terms of whether there's going to be a 902 or, or what happens next. Do you want to just create kind of rehash that for the folks that are listening yeah i won't do it verbatim because you'd probably have to turn it down for children in the car and stuff um basically it, it it became apparent after talking to some people who know some stuff that 902 is not as we know it going to see the light of day which means the 902 has been talked about for at least the past three lotus spheres the 902 that's going to get all of these new features is is now dead has been cancelled for all intents and purposes 
and IBM are now looking to chop and change what was in 902 and put it in a fixed pack. And I actually wasn't expecting this blog post to take off. I figured this wasn't news to anybody, and I was the last one to find out because IBM don't tell me shit anymore. Um, but apparently nobody else knew this either, and it's been translated into a couple of languages. I always, I always enjoy using Google Translate to see what people think of me, but then you can't tell because you don't know what it means in that language. Um, and so Ed, Ed had commented on my blog and also on a blog post of, of, of Volker's because he, he kind of cross-posted mine as well. Uh, and Ed had said a lot, something along the lines of, yes, we're, we're going to migrate the features that were in 902 into fixed packs, eight, 7 or 8. Um, and then we're going to look at what we're going to do. And, and if you look at the MW Look presentations, there was a lot of talk about nomenclature. Uh, that was the big word of, of, that I took out of this. Where I, I think they're struggling with how do we bring out new features but not release a new version of a product. It befuddles me, and I, I cannot even begin to think why you would not want to release a new version of a product with new features, but want to even basically want to change the nomenclature of fixed packs to be called something else. It just sends a message. And, and again, you know, IBM has a history of not understanding the messages they are sending to their customers' partners and even their competitors. And, you know, I would love to be a Microsoft seller this week. Man, I, I would just have at it. Uh, you know, Microsoft don't have to spend any money on marketing because IBM's lack of m money on messaging is, is doing it. I don't mean messaging as in domino. I mean messaging as in what is coming, what is happening. Uh, you know, the, the Alistair years and the um, Jeff years were a bit bleak. And, you know, I feel sorry for the new GM but she's had seven months, right? It doesn't take that long to write a paragraph of what we're planning on doing. And that's the bit that everyone's missing right now. And Ed had mentioned in one of the blog posts, I'm not sure if it was mine, where he said that, that 90X is going to be supported until 2021. Well, that, that flew off a, a slew of blog posts saying, see, Notes is not dead. We've got Notes and Domino until 2021. If that's what you're excited about, you're looking at the wrong freaking thing. Notes has been around for 25 years. If you're happy it's going to be around for only five more, you, you, you need to start looking around. That's not what we should be hearing from IBM, but we've got good news. We're supporting this platform as is for, for five more years. Great. No, that's not acceptable. Like, yeah, and, and I mean, like, you know, admittedly, as it um, is also pointed out, like, that doesn't mean that it's, you know, only until then, but, like, I, I do feel like a lot of the, uh, like, a couple of the blog posts I've read since then have been... Um, reading a bit more of what people would want into that statement because uh, you know that's fine as as far as it goes like it's like okay you know so this version will be supported at least through 2021 like okay because a lot of people are using it a lot of people are you know going to be using it for a good time to come and that's fine but it doesn't necessarily say much more than that you will be able to uh, get your bugs looked at uh, through that, <laughs> right? Like, which is, you know, that's that's one of the reasons. You know, that is good. Like, it, it's good to be able to do that. Um, but it doesn't. That's all that it says, essentially. And and then the question becomes, what what do I do in in 2019 when I've only got two years left on on that sequence? Right? I, IBM need to get ahead of this and just come out and say either one way or another. Come 2021, you probably won't be on this platform. Or Come 2021, if you're on verse, you're going forwards. If you're not on verse, then you kind of stood where you are. Or come 2021, honestly, you'll probably get another seven years out of this platform if that's what you want. And I, and I think they just need to come out and, and save it. So I think a, a lot of customers pay a lot of money to IBM 
and and IBM are not doing right by them. And kind of, kind of going off on a tangent a bit, you know, some people uh, kind of came up and said, well, but the fix packs have new features. I'm I'm, befa- I'm 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 confounded by this statement. No, no, the fix packs don't have new features. Well, Darren, they added TLS. They should have added TLS in 1999. That should not be a new feature. And 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 there's a counter argument as well because you know if you are a company that that is is just trying to keep your platform you know running and stable, then actually you want fix packs to just be fix packs. You don't want them to be feature releases that you have to test and migrate and, and everything else. So you know, that's a bit I can't quite understand. It's the argument for making it a fix pack. You know if what I imagined was that if IBM released a 902 or even better a 9.1 then it would kind of restart that five-year commitment to support that they've had. And, and that was what was scaring them off doing a, a significant release, was that a fixed pack would avoid them having to kind of commit to that long-term support. But if um, if Ed, you know, and, and Ed, thanks for at least commenting on these blog posts. I, I do appreciate that. But if, if you're coming out and saying that, um, you know, they're doing the five-year support anyway, then what's the reason for doing it as a fixed pack? Surely that just sends out, you know, mixed messages and, and concerning messages to, to customers that are still paying, you know, significant renewals for, for that, you know, for that support and maintenance and want more than just, you know, bug fixes for that. Right, and and I will say that it does look like the fix pack seven is going to have things maybe along the lines of Java eight support, mm. um, some some other stuff that we've been waiting for that was you know ready to ship years ago but was just never put in the product. So thank you for putting in the product, not thank you for kind of confusing the situation even further. And you mentioned. Um... You know the new GM coming in and and kind of looking around and working out what to do next. There's a commitment to making a statement, isn't there, on this? Is that due in September? Or am I just imagining that? Is it just fall sometime that, it, that it, kind it of was, statement's going to be made? It was September. There's supposed to be some announcement, quote unquote, in September about something by someone inside of IBM. Uh, I think that's really all that I know. And I mean. I don't get to know NDA stuff anymore. They cut me out of that loop a long time ago. So I, I don't know anything other than that. Some of the champions you may know, but, you know, honestly, that's that's another rant right there, but I'm not going into that right now. <laughs> and Jesse, you, you obviously consult for uh, your customers in, in, in terms of, you know, developing solutions based on this. Are you getting a sense from your customers in terms of whether they're happy to carry on investing in, in notes and domino, whether they have similar concerns to us partners do in terms of the direction going forward? Uh, I mean, this is a, it's a, it's a complicated topic, basically. Um, and in part, like, you know, I have to say, like, as I, as I intimated earlier, like I, one of the things I've been working on a lot lately is, uh, is Darwino, which is a, you know, I feel like it's a great product and it has a lot of uses, but one of those uses is to, uh, replicate data with Domino. Uh, and so potentially one thing you could do with it would be to use it to, to, migrate applications like that's not it's it's raison d'etre but it does have that capacity and so like it, you know it's, it's fair to assume that anything i say is uh, is tainted a bit with that um but i think for good reason uh but that's like what i've been doing for my customers that aren't um that, that aren't doing darwin stuff is you know i've been still i've been doing x pages development um but it's all kind of with an eye towards like okay this is you know we're still doing x pages development domino's still doing what we need it to do but we're going to really focus on like, all right, we're going to make sure we have REST services in place. We're going to make sure our code is comparatively portable. Like it's not 100% like drop in somewhere else, but we're going to kind of pull back from really, really tying it to Domino just in case. 
Um, so it's still, you know, still doing a lot of X pages stuff, still doing extension library stuff, but it's always with an eye towards like, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. We would like to be able to have like a, make it easier to have like an Angular client or replace different components of it, which I mean, I think is, is actually just like wise development in general, like regardless of platform. Um, but I know for like a lot of what I've been doing personally, uh, and, and what I've seen like with other customers is like still you know still doing new code on top of domino and x pages um but it's kind of taken a different character as far as like making it making it at a little distance i guess you could say yeah and, and that 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 kind of brings us on to to one of the other big topics that kind of has come out of the post mw lug discussions is is that many of, of those that have been champions to use your word darren and advocates for the platform are now you know seemingly developing migration tools or coexistence tools at least uh, in terms of moving away from the platform or providing a future beyond notes and domino you know we've seen red pill doing some work there we've seen um ldc um you know, developing their LDC via platform and, and then the announcement last week, they're going to be partnering PSC uh, in, in terms of pushing that forward as well. So where do we stand with application development on Domino? Clearly, it's a complex topic. It's a bullet um, point. You know, <laughs> it is a bullet point. Uh, but, but, yeah, but what does that mean? You know, it, it, do we need more than just a bullet point? I mean, you know, clearly <laughs> it, it's, obviously we do. But, um, you know, what are we asking for? What are we asking IBM to, to give us to, uh, to make us feel again, better about it, them? It's, it's some visibility. It's some vision. You know, I, I saw a couple of tweets a couple of weeks ago where it's like IBM should be leading, not following. And honestly, I don't even think IBM are following right now. It, it's it, it, they've, they've gone from one absolute end to the other here. You know, a couple of years ago, probably about five or maybe seven years ago now, we said, we need, we need some roadmaps. We've got roadmaps. And now we, we get roadmaps, but the roadmaps are, are, are not just vague. I think they're out to kind of trip people up and just say, look, we, we, we asked for a roadmap. We had a roadmap. There you go. There's a bullet point. To, to, to have something like the X pages runtime in Domino not mentioned on those roadmaps and then just a bullet point that says app modernization sometime in fall, or, or winter of 2016, or something like that. And then in Scott Souder's presentation, he actually uh, highlighted and said, this is something I cannot talk about. So, you know, IBM are obviously excited about whatever they think they're doing, but nobody else even knows. And if you look at Ed's comment on my on my blog post, he kind of alluded to that. He said, we got, we got, basically, reading between the lines, I'll, I'll paraphrase what Ed said, we've got several irons in the fire, we don't know which one's going to come out. And I think that's if, – if IBM don't know yet, then that's a bad sign. And maybe if I just leave it there, that's enough before I get myself into trouble. <laughs> well, and, you know, like along those lines, like I, I don't have any solid knowledge on what uh, IBM is planning to do there either. Um, but, you know, like the, the kind of tack I took during my presentation at NWLUG, which, you know, it was it was on Friday, so it had the benefit of, you know, seeing what everybody else is talking about. Um, and, and the kind of tack I've taken on, on my blog post is like, okay, so we're in a weird spot, especially for app dev, because, you know, I, I'm, you know, that's been my my bailiwick for ever uh so like i i can't really speak for administrators or you know especially any anybody who's all in for mail or whatever like i i don't really have a stance on that but for app dev stuff we're in a weird spot um because you know i've been doing x pages stuff really heavily for a long time i've done a lot of fun stuff 
with X pages, um, but it does seem like the platform isn't moving that much. Um, but the good, like, there's good news, which is like there's a there's a lot of cool stuff to do, like outside, you know, either in X pages or like the larger world. Like a lot of my presentation was about like once you are doing, you know, Java EE development or Node development or what have you, just as a as a developer, again speaking personally. Um, it's really exciting. Like, there's a lot of great stuff you can do. Uh, a lot of things become easier. A lot of things become more interesting. Uh, but what makes this a weird spot is that, you know, great as that is as like a, hey, I'm having fun programming, there's still the big question of like, well, say you work at a company that has 10,000 notes applications for the client, and <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? Uh, which I would imagine is what the app modernization bullet point is all about. Um, but it does, you know, you kind of have to wonder, like, okay, well, assuming they, that the bullet point isn't going to be a magic wand that changes reality, uh, you have to figure out, like, all right, what am I or what am I I'm going to do or what am I going to try to get my company to do? Um, and I just feel like th there's good stuff to be done. Uh, there's good news. And so, um, and, and I guess at least, like, the the... the doom and gloom undergirding which is like i don't think we need to be too <laughs> doom and gloom about anything because like there's good stuff to, you know there's there's exciting things it's just kind of an awkward period especially if you're like an old old school notes developer like you've been doing this since you know r2 r3 or whatever um and then suddenly it's like well it, it you know it's been a long time since you have should have been doing things other than notes client development <laughs> um but I know no, people, you think? <laughs> but I know that some people, you know, that that's they they are at jobs where that's been what they've been told to do for a long time. Um, that's going to be a very uncomfortable period for them. Um, but I assume it should have been uncomfortable for a long time. Uh, and I, I I expected that the coming uh, couple of years are going to be very interesting for the for the Lotus App Dev community. I can say there was a lot of people probably with their retirement calculators out. <laughs> Yeah. How long? How long can I get to? And and honestly, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think Jesse at the point that, you know, so, some of the people have been around a while. I, I, can, I can see this being a worry for them, right? Okay, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm 55. How long can I really ride this boat before, you know, IBM fully pulls out the stopper and down it goes? Right. You know, but but like Jesse said, I think from an app dev standpoint, I I was a bit shocked there, there was no mention of it at all, except for that one bullet point. Client, not surprising at all. That's been the writing on the wall for, you know, ever, ever since probably Eclipse got bolted on the top of it. But but for IBM to basically, what looks like, for, from the outside, abandon yet another part of Domino development may, may be a, a really the straw that breaks the camel's back if that's what comes out of IBM. Now, also, if it turns out that the bullet point is services from IBM Global Services, that's not going to go down well either. Yeah, I think you both share really, really good points there. I think the only thing I'd add is that it's the lack of clarity, as you both said, that it's killing everybody because they just don't know. And that seems to be the IBM kind of ICS way is not to be clear about this stuff, but just to let it run and run. And actually, I was looking back through some of the kind of archives of this we can notice as I shift it to a new site. And that seems to be a thread that goes through it, you know, right from when we rebranded from from Lotus to IBM stuff and, you know, with some of the other um you know, new product, or products like Foundations and Protector and so on, is that it's not them saying, you know, we, we see this going away. We're going to transition to, 
you know, product to X, Y, Z, and you have two years to do this or whatever. It, it, there's no clarity on, on when it's going to go away. So it just kind of gets left in this zombie kind of dormant state with, with not much work going on, just enough to keep the lights on, just enough to get that renewal revenue coming in. And, and and that's not enough to give customers or partners ISVs any, you know, any motivation to really continue to do work on it. You know, they'd much rather go to one of the other vendors that it may not be investing as much, it may not be as good as product, but at least they get that clarity and that, um, you know, that, that level of comfort that the product they're developing for is still going to be there in three or four years' time. And and alongside that, we've got a whole slew of, of new, you know, um, consumer-led platforms, things like Slack, that are growing, you know, massively. And, and therefore, it's got to be distracting um, developers from developing on, on those Domino you know, platforms because they've got this massive group of new users that are coming onto these, these web-based platforms. And just kind of going back there, Jesse, do you happen to know if IBM still have any of the development team in Ireland working on the X time, X pages runtimes? I can't say I know for sure. Okay. I haven't seen anything about Martin Donnelly and, and folks like that leaving IBM, so I, I would assume they're still there, whether they're still working actively on um, on X pages didn't matter, but um, certainly we, we've had some fantastic guests on Twill over the years um, from that Dublin lab, so I, I hope they are um, you know, still heavily involved somewhere in the notes and Domino story, but maybe we can find out. Maybe somebody can add a comment to uh, this post when when it goes out there in terms of, of where you see this going forward. Okay, um, Jesse, just just kind of you know to conclude this, um, do, do you follow OpenNTF at all? I've I've kind of stepped away from it a little bit, but certainly it felt like OpenNTF for a number of years was was what was still continuing, you know, carrying X pages forward. In that IBM was was supporting it with some X pages extensions and so on, but you know the guys inside OpenNTF, the board and others involved in that, were really trying to push it forward. Do you still see the same level of energy and commitment there that there used to be? Um, well, I mean, I follow them insofar that I'm on the board, uh, okay, so, <laughs> so yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so I mean, like, admittedly, like, because essentially, like, open open NTF, um, and like, I I've been on the board for I guess year and a half, something like that now. So it's like, I haven't been on. I'm not like an old hat there, but like, open NTF has always been very tied to um, you know the the app dev community in general like it's always been like when you're doing notes and then x pages development like open ntf is the place and so as that has kind of i mean i guess like publicly slowed down like there's still work being done but the, it, it seems like a lot of the um like the collaborative um work externally has kind of slowed down you know open ntf is less visible but like we have been doing like we've been, basically we've been working on like trying to adapt to this like we've we've we have a nice stack of atlassian tools um, we had, you know, for like the, we do the uh, OpenNTF Domino API is still is still um, developed and it's using those tools. Uh, I know that um, Christian Gudeman, the the chairman and his company yeah. Webgate, do a lot. Uh, like they they have a lot of irons in the fire there. Uh, it's very interesting stuff. Um, and then just like as a as a side initiative, because essentially like OpenNTF, we have some advantages as far as like being an open source foundation. Like we have the big the big thing is the legal process in place since you know mm. we deal with uh, a lot of you know it's a very enterprisey development community and so even though a lot of companies have that kind of weird like no open source attitude like others will at least bring stuff in and one of the advantages for open ntf is that we do have a in-place process for uh kind of uh, legal vetting um, where we can go through and say like are your licenses are your ducks in a row like have you properly given you know 
given attribution and all that kind of stuff that you know you wouldn't necessarily get off of github and so like we still have that and we still want that and we still feel like that is a useful tool um even as like the the number of contributions per day goes down uh and so like one of the things that we want to try to do um again back to darwino like we're working to create darwino.org is like kind of as that ramps up and we'll have more mm -hmm. open source product projects um that will be on that site and say like all right we're taking these you know this knowledge this kind of like built up system and this is another way we can use it i would imagine you know there will be some stuff of interest for for people um, doing this stuff and we we have a couple things to that should go there but like that's the kind of thing where it's like that's one area where you know if we want to you know we open ntf um, want to remain relevant essentially like we want to build this up and use this system because we do have a, a a good core that is useful in a kind of like very enterprisey environment um and so like that's the kind of stuff we've been working on admittedly like we we've been quiet just as kind of a reflection of very, you know everybody else is being kind of quiet as far as like that app stuff goes um so hopefully like that will kind of shift um but it has been a very weird couple of years i guess continuing the theme yeah <laughs> Okay, and and the other kind of third strand that I wanted to to pull out of um, you know my experience of MWB Log was there was a, a good session on Toscana, which which clearly as, as we look at some of these technologies possibly going away or dying out, you know IBM's big announcement at Connect this year um, was Project Toscana, which is the kind of chat based collaboration platform with some cognitive abilities um, so very much kind of like slack but with some watson built in and also doing more in the way of um you know file collaboration and and kind of archiving perhaps than, than maybe slack does today so um marlon um mercado uh, announced a or, or presented a session on toscana which i know that both darren and i uh, attended um and i have to say ju just to kick off that that session you know featured one of the most exuberant opening slides that I've ever seen. You know, it's a standard IBM slide on, you know, nothing we say here is, is kind of final, everything may change, it's in development, et cetera. But Marla made a big part, a big thing of saying literally nothing in these slides is, is cemented yet. It's all subject to change. It's all up in the air, um, which, which I guess, you know, um, eight months on from Connect was, was a little bit surprising. There isn't more that's concrete, but I guess that they're just trying to get feedback and, and really understand where this is going to go. Well, there's some interesting things in there, like the, the, the idea that it became, they looked at WhatsApp and said, how yes. can we get ahead of this? And, and I, it was an interesting look in, into the IBM thought process that goes around the, I, inside, because I would never have thought that IBM would have been worried or even looked at WhatsApp. No. Me neither. You know, it being such a consumer-focused tool, but clearly they, they saw some threat from that. And uh, you know, Marlon was very open. I I've absolutely applaud his approach to this at user group. It was really great to see a product manager kind of, you know, kind of pulling up an armchair and you know by the fire and kind of talking us through the process that got them to where they are. You know, talked about uh, kind of a brainstorming session in Dublin. They ended up at a restaurant called Toscana, where you know th this idea kind of came from. So he was, he was very open and honest in terms of of where it comes from. Um, and you know, in, in there alongside quite a lot of slides was also some demos of, of kind of where Toscana stands in terms of it being a a very Slack hip chat style kind of um, you know chat platform you know something that, that we've been crying out for in the lotus world maybe for 10 years you know it's kind of like a, a same time advanced but with a very attractive ui uh, very you know web standards based very open in terms of uh, lots of apis there you mentioned that pretty much the whole the whole you know stack is built on open apis or apis that 
um, you know, developers can get at and can use. Um, and and that is it, all a really good story. I, I think it has a lot of potential for sure. Um, unfortunately, not much is there yet in terms of the demo. So um, very little of the cognitive abilities are really there to see, or at least in a way that they can show us in, in a demo a user group. Um, and, and so what's what's there to be seen right now is, is, is very much a sort of me to um, social communication platform like HipChat, like Jichime, like, um, you know, Slack and so on. And so there's not much there that really kind of makes you perk up your ears and think this is going to be the future of collaboration. But a lot of what was in the slides does tell you that IBM's thinking beyond the, the conversation, beyond the chat and, and into the future. So, so two things. I, I, my, my first thought when I saw it in Connect was this is the same time advanced. Um, just, just by another name on another platform, which if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that I think I tweeted that during MW log that there seems to be IBM's forte mm -hmm. now, develop product on platform A, get bored, develop same product on platform B, get bored, sell a competitive solution. Um, so if you take this to its logical conclusion, in a couple of years, IBM will be selling Slack. <laughs> um, that being said, I, I think the, the cognitive aspects are, are interesting if someone can, A, explain to me what cognitive really means, and B, show it in a product that's actually usable. So, you know, we keep getting told about the but the cognitive abilities of, of verse and you know I'm not sure but that's there and now we're getting told cognitive abilities in Toscana and we're basically told it doesn't exist yet so you know if, if all you're doing is rebuilding whatever people have I, I think you're in for a shock if you can add cognitive and show some value then you know you never know yeah I feel like my, my view on on Toscana like and I haven't been I haven't been uh following it too closely, um, just because like you know, I saw the announcement connect. I was like, okay, you know. So my my view is like, if if they deliver something interesting, great. Like I'll I'll be on board. Um, and but like for a large part, it's like it's a product they're making, and so I'll be interested when it exists. Uh, and as far as like the the cognitive stuff, like I've been tinkering a bit with uh with Watson's various abilities. Like I've been doing some tone analysis stuff, and that's the kind of thing where it's like it's at some level it's very easy to make like a, a gimmick with it where it's like oh look here's the tone but it's like once you start kind of using it in like an aggregate kind of way and building up it's like okay i can kind of see where this is going um so you know if they can bring that around and you know i'm a i'm a big slack fan i'm in uh five communities at the moment and then i also have discord which is like slack for gamers open next to it uh so like certainly i'm on board with this kind of product uh and if they can bring something interesting to the table great like um and it, and if there's a lot of app dev stuff then i will definitely be interested to see what i can do with that like if i can integrate this with you know i, I know definitely at my old company there would have been all kinds of situations where if there was some kind of cool like i'm essentially just imagining what it might be um kind of collaboration slack room style thing that i could kind of dip into in different parts that would be really interesting uh and so if that's how it shapes up again which is speculation uh that would be great like so i'll be interested to see uh although at the meantime it's like well you know i'll i'll wait until it exists essentially and what what intrigued me was it did seem Stuart mentioned this but it did seem a seed change for, for their development process that we're going to build the apis and and for me it, it seems like toscana might be less a product and more a service platform as a service mm. where you can come in uh, and they even said you know this this is this is an api services play and every client we've built builds on that API, but we're not really expecting you 
per se to use our client. We're expecting you to come up with some genius ideas on how to use it. Was was my feeling? Am, am I missing the point there, Stuart, or was that what you got out of that? No, too? I'm with you on that. It was very much how they were articulating it, and and you know they made a commitment to ship something in the Toscana line uh, by fourth quarter, so something before the end of the year. And and I asked a question of, of you know in in kind of open terms, what are you going to ship? And and the response very much was we're going to ship the platform by the end of the year. So, you know, the underlying platform as a service, as you were saying, Darren, I, I think will be the first thing that ships and almost the clients will be something that follows along. You know, maybe they might ship just the Windows client with or something and then they'll ship the, the mobile clients later. So it feels very much like they want it to be an accessible platform that developers can use in their own apps and maybe IBM can use in its other uh, platforms as well um, and then you know the, the, the use as a standard slack style client will, will, will come later on and then in five years we'll all still be using email <laughs> there is that and there, there was a slide at, at the beginning that, that said um, you know the title of the slide was enterprise collaboration is for the most part stuck in the 90s and and then talk through how kind of email had had failed us and instant messaging had failed us and uh, enterprise social networks like connections had kind of failed us because it was just all giving us too much information without enough filters and, and attention was an issue and all those kind of things and I did I did feel like there's some there's some truth to all of that and I think all of us will agree that the tools we have today aren't the panacea you know they can all be improved upon but for IBM to say these other platforms we've spent 20 years selling you have failed here have another one we're developing um, it seemed a little bit rich to me. And I, I think that's going to be the challenge is how do they market this platform, given they've had several previous goes at this and given there's other vendors that are already out there with their slacks and their hip chats and the chimes and, you know, and all the others that are out there in this kind of social collaboration marketplace. It, it's, it's, I, I don't understand what's IBM's value add. What, what's their unique selling point? Clearly, well, they say cognitive, good... but I'm yeah. on the fence still. I mean, I, you know, we keep hearing all these tools have failed me. No, your management style has failed you. It's got nothing to do with technology. Can, technology cannot fix the problem that you're trying to address with all of these products. These products help. These products don't address the problem of too much information. That's your own fault. Turn off the TV, mute out some people, stop following people, delegate control. Simple as that. Yeah. And and, and, and they, they mentioned there's some again cognitive that word um th there's going to be some clever kind of assisted stuff in there to pick out the i think they're called the moments is, is that what you remember no, that was the word yeah well? that was what you used. yeah so so when you first log into Toscana in the morning, it effectively gives you a machine-generated list of the moments that are most important to you. So it kind of highlights decisions, whatever, that have taken place in chats you're part of. And I can understand that, again, Jesse, like you were saying with Slack, I'm part of five or six different communities now for Slack. And I can imagine if you could consolidate what's gone on in all those conversations overnight or since you last logged in and just got the 10 most important things you need to see, that would be really powerful. But if they do that, I, I can't see that alone being enough to get all the folks off of Slack and onto onto this. Um, one thing I did say, though, is that it's almost certainly it's going to be a freemium product um, for initially, which, again, is a sea change for IBM. Right? You know, that's something they've tried a couple of times in a kind of half-hearted way and hasn't really taken off, you know, think about first century or first basic or whatever product was called um you know whereas it does sound like they're building this from the ground up to be freemium and and maybe that will get the mind share um in, in terms of people trying this out dubious <laughs>
one last point on this is, is and, and it goes to, to what you were saying, Darren, about um, you know using other people's products. So what, one thing that came from MW Lug was uh, several mentions of Box. You know, clearly IBM has done this deal with with Box and also with WebEx uh, in, in terms of kind of partnering with those third parties to to use their tooling in here. And, and what it did make me think of is whether partnering with Slack would be a, a, a better way forward with this. And clearly we don't understand fully what Toscana is going to offer when it ships. So all this is kind of moment in time. But I do wonder whether they could build the Watson cognitive abilities on top of a platform that already has, you know, multiple million users on a daily basis, whether that might be a better way of getting IBM's, um, you know, kind of advanced abilities out there to the wider market than developing yet another chat. And, and how long would it really take to create Slack from a ground up? It's a good question. Plenty of people are trying, aren't they? That's for sure. There's, you know, there's more and more of these chat platforms coming out every day. So, um, yeah, whether that would take nine months, I guess investment has gone into other areas, in particular the Watson-style, um, you know, abilities. Maybe that's where all the thinking has taken place. I guess it'll be, you know, as as a programmer, I do have to defend a little. Like anytime it says, anytime there's a like, how long would it take to develop something? Eh, sometimes it takes a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but like especially if they do like you know again depending on what they can bring to the table and if it is like if the whole kind of uh api first approach and because mm. one of the interesting things about developing on bluemix is the kind of you know here's a whole bag of interesting little ob essentially like objects it's like object oriented programming like here's little components that we have made like here's the watson stuff here's apache spark here's the certain databases and then you can kind of like cobble together your suite of services that you'd like to use. And if so, and if it ends up being that like working with Tuscana has that kind of aspect, um, that can be interesting. It would also be, you know, an interesting development hurdle to, to go through. But like, um, I'll be interested to see that. Uh, and, you know, it could take shape like the whole the, that Bluemix approach. I haven't, you know, I'm not doing Bluemix all the time, but I have done some stuff and that does add an interesting uh, aspect to the development and kind of like integration model um, and that could be interesting when it takes a little a little more shape for sure okay um any other comments on on mw lug i i thought overall you know whatever the discussions in each of these areas uh it was really good once again to get together with like-minded folks and discuss them you know and, and that's the power of the user group really is, is whether you think this is going forwards or backwards or sideways it, it's you know we're all in this boat together we all have different views on it and it was fantastic to, to gather in a, a really really great location and, and talk it through and, and i think as as Darren, possibly you've sparked with your blog post since then, it's, it's actually getting together to talk face to face then gives you, you know, the, the material to then go away and blog and tweet and whatever in terms of then sparking these conversations that, that take us forward from there. And I'll, I'll say this for it. I, I'm going to DC. I'm probably not going to connect. Take that for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, you know, and, and we, we get similar things with social connections as well. There's plenty of folks that go to social connections that, that couldn't ever make it to um, connect or, you know, prefer that user group informal, independent kind of approach on things where you can discuss these things, you know, outside of the kind of marketing sphere. Um, can, kind of swinging back a bit, though, uh, we, we touched on the, on the box and, and the WebEx thing. Uh, and I, I think it's it's interesting that instead of, developing solutions that they already have, IBM is going out to the marketplace and partnering, which, you know, I understand is sometimes easier, 
But the WebX one specifically frightens me for anyone that's got S1 or S2 connections cloud because that basically, to all intents and purposes, it looks like it's going to sunset same time meetings on, on the cloud. It's it's probably going to stay there. It's probably going to be as is, but there'll be no new development on it. And my worry is then that the box thing also leads into that for connections files. So then as a customer, I end up, I have to buy three products to do what I was promised one single Cal or license would do. And and I heard several times, I've heard this on several presentations now on calls with IBM, but IBM... IBMers have said that they, they want to be the glue to, to all the other parts, which is fine. But, you know, I think you, you, you risk a lot of product value when all you are is the glue and you're not the wood. When all you are is the glue and you're not the IKEA or you're not the lumberyard, you've got a lot of problems. Well, we'll have to see where that leads us, that's for sure. Um, I, I know, actually, just to, while we've been chatting today, there's a comment on Bob Weber's uh, latest blog post about this, and, and he's saying that um, you know, the reason for partnering Cisco and Box is to speed up development. That's the only way that IBM can speed up development. And that, and that comes back to what we were saying about Toscana as well, is that you know, they need this stuff yesterday, not not tomorrow or, or in a year's time. Um, and so maybe partnering is the only way to do that. But that, again, gives me doubts as to why they would develop yet another in Toscana as well and also leads me to, to concerns about connections you know connections are a very mature product been out there a long time you know still under development but but for how long if they're partnering with folks like box and, and webex where you know they already cover some of what connections does and and maybe partnering with you know a, a different best of breed enterprise social network is the way they're going to go you know just have to see it does give you some doubts yeah, I mean, it leaves a whole lot more questions than answers, and I think that has been the last five years of IBM right now, at least the IBM wheelty parts we deal with. And I have an issue with its speeds of development. It's not speeding up development, it's, it's speeding up time to market. That's what it's doing. Mm. Yeah, getting the products out there, getting the solutions out there. But but again, you know, if you've got existing licenses, it's hard to know how you transition across and so on. Again, more questions, isn't it, rather than answers. Um, and, and that leads us actually mentioning connections onto uh, one of the most recent blog posts um, from IBM itself, which is that for the seventh year in a row, they've been named as the IDC um, kind of a lead for, um, for social collaboration. And corrections has to go out to you know the product management teams in terms of, of keeping connections and, and the other social platforms out there. Um, I mean, seven years of hugely long run, right? That covers the entire spectrum of twills, right, from uh, our start all the way through to now, uh, which is quite unbelievable, really. Um, and and you know, given how much innovation has taken place from other vendors in this marketplace, it's that that's you know that's quite an ambitious aim really to, to stay on top for that long and and given what we discussed there it's hard to see how they can continue that unless they're they're you know really innovating with the platforms they already have like connections that, that live in this space yeah you, you know in in his blog post was was interesting because it starts off about michael phelps has been in Linux since 2000 and I thought they were going to extol their long virtues of doing this right where we got mm. you got notes you've got knowledge station yeah. right all that and i thought the that the other the, the obvious point of this post was going to be sure sure the, the evolution of, of connections inside of ibm to the point it became connections 
but it didn't. It just says Microfilms has been in the Olympics since 2000, and we've got seven years of connections. And it was there was a bit of a disconnect. I, I, I'm sat there thinking, I think you're missing the paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so you know, I kind of worry when all you do is extol how great you are, and you don't show how you get there, or you don't show where you're going from there. Which kind of ties into yours is, you know, where, where's the innovation coming from now? Mm. You know, we made a big point of saying you need app mentions in connections, and, and we've got it. And I haven't, I, I don't know what's coming for connection six. Does anybody? I haven't seen anything written down. That's for sure. And it wasn't in Katrina's uh, session that she delivered. Uh, you know, added added to that, there's some interesting decisions about um, platform platforms that this these stacks can run on. So, SUS Linux has now been cut completely. Um, no future I, ICS or apparently, I mean, IBM Software Group is where these rules came from. Products will run on SUS Linux, and also IBM I or IBM I series or AS400. Go and see Monk Chips's podcast about this. Um, and the AIX, the P series, whatever it's called now, um, they apparently are now market-driven platforms. So, for example, if there was a 902 or a 91 of Domino or a Connection 6, there would have to be a market analysis done to see if IBM were going to release these products on their own platforms. That is an amazing statement right there. And it would make sense, you know, that market must be must be small. You know, the, the iSeries market, you know, was small back when they were developing, um, you know, Quick Place and same time for it back in, what, the seven days. Um, but there were enough big customers using it that it was worth the investment. I, I think today, um, with the massive shift towards virtualized platforms and, uh, you know, and, and platforms service and, uh, and so on, I, I can understand why there's, there's fewer and fewer customers wanting to do this themselves on iSeries. Yeah, and like from from my perspective, this is one of those areas where I've, I'm like kind of like blessedly disconnected. Like, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not involved in like purchasing decisions for iSeries anything. Um, I haven't, you know, worked with it, so it's one of those things where I can see like if they're if they're ramping back uh, support and new versions, I can just think like, well, that probably makes sense. Uh, <laughs> like, are there, you know, how many? Certainly, if you're at a company and you run iSeries servers and you're a big fan, uh, you're probably not so blasé about the whole thing. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like it, technology changes. And, you know, even, you know, lots of companies will have, you know, varying levels of interest in their own platforms. You know, I always look at Apple. Uh, they're a very different company. Um, but they've had those various things like uh, web objects where they kind of supported it internally and it was in a weird undeath for a long time. Um, and it's like, well, you know, that happens. Uh, and... So, like, for that kind of thing, at least since I am not, you know, I'm much closer to, like, Notes and Domino, so I, get, I care a little more. But uh, in that kind of case, it's like, I'm sure they're, you know, they're a 100-year-old company. Uh, I'm sure they know where, you know, when when things are about to change, at least to some extent. Um, or, like, when things have changed enough that they want to change it out. Um it certainly, like, you can make a, you can make an ominous pattern, I guess, if you want to. Um but for the most part, it's like as long as as long as like all the all the things that they are actively talking about mm. are there, like it's like okay, I hope you're serious about this. Like <laughs> I hope you know what you're doing. Essentially, apparently, hope um, is a strategy. Obama was right <laughs> all along. Like look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so so we'll see. Um, but you know that's the one kind of thing. Is like just as a completely separate from 
you know, iSeries and, and, and a couple of those other products where it's like, okay, to a certain extent that makes sense. Um, but I am at a, I guess, advantageous position in that, in that sort of area. And, and I, iSeries is probably quite a good place to, to end that discussion really in that, you know, iSeries dates back to what was it, System 38 or something iSeries came from back in the 70s, right? So, you know, that, that product and that platform has had a tremendous run and, and it's, you know, only right that people are, are looking elsewhere maybe for the future. And I, I think that's kind of where we are with Notes and Domino is, is we have tremendous fondness for it. We have, you know, in many cases, you know, massive solutions built on it. We've got customers that, that really still love it. But at the same time, the world is changing and, and things are moving on. It's, it's hard to see how how that transition, that development continues, you know, as is. And I guess the status quo just isn't an option for IBM. It has to change in some way or another. It's just trying to see what that future looks like going forward. And I, I hope it still has a future. I, I know plenty of people who still have their careers kind of rooted in it. And, and it would be really good to see it, you know, have a positive outlook beyond the next you know five years as ed has mentioned is in his comment so that brings us to our tips as always we finish uh, an episode of this week in lotus with a tip from each of our guests it could be a product a service an idea uh, an event they're going to so darren why don't you kick us off so i go through a lot of I speak a lot, and when I speak, I tend to destroy my PowerPoint clickers and my laser pointers. Well, actually, I think it's TSA that do it. I don't think it's me. It always seems to be after it comes out through the belt, it's done. (laughs) So I found an app called Universal Remote that kind of promises to do it, and it's close. It's, It's no cigar yet. But I was able to get it work for a couple of minutes at MW Look, and then actually had to go out in the audience and steal someone else's PowerPoint clicker. But if you're not, it, the reason I like this is because it works with Windows and Mac and uh, Android and iOS and everything. So the idea is great, but the concept is just still a bit too ropey. But I'll put a link out to it, but I think that's one to watch. Excellent. Okay, and Jesse? Uh, yeah, I was I was just trying to think of like, all right, what's a, what's a small thing that Tinder. Uh, that's been helping me a lot lately, and I, I came up with this. Yeah. <laughs> I have not I've not used Tinder, um, but uh, I came up it's it's pretty developer focused as you might expect, but uh, I've been using uh, the Eclipse Mylin plugins for uh, for GitHub and Bitbucket. It, it, that's like issue tracking basically. So it, you know, it's I, since I have a couple clients and I have my own to do list. Uh, and it's a pretty common thing of like trying to track where things are and also, you know, formalized or informal kind of bug reports. And I, I've built this just like a standalone little Eclipse thing that uses this and I can um, sync with the with the task services rather than having a bunch of uh, you know browser tabs open uh, to the various issue pools that I have. Um, and issue kind of like pools. I like that. <laughs> well, and now it sounds gross. Uh, but uh, like rather than having... You know, rather than checking all these individual things, like having a nice, well, it, it's a clip, so the, the niceness of the UI is limited, but um, like having it all together and having it, you know, work with you know, the remote services rather than just being like a, you know, a single, uh, rather than like a local bin or trying to deal with a whole bunch of different ones. Like it's, it's been working nicely. And, you know, if, if you're dealing with uh, issues on, on GitHub or, or on Bitbucket uh, or other services, you can kind of integrate them in nicely and it, uh, it, it, keeps those things a little more front and center than if you were just you know waiting for emails or digging through uh, various browser tabs. So here's a question. Does, does, uh, is it able to send out a weekly recurring email that says, hey, can we close your ticket now? <laughs> uh, you, I don't know if you could set that up on GitHub. Because uh, yeah. apparently IBM have one of them because yeah. I get them all the time. Well, you could write an agent for that uh, since it all has APIs. So. <laughs> 
Excellent. Thank you. Good tip. Um, and my tip for today is a headset. And actually, I've, I've going back through the Twill archives again, I've mentioned quite a few headsets. So clearly, I only last <laughs> about 12 months before I change mine. But this is a, 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 my favorite headset ever. And it's the Plantronics Voyager Focus. It's an over the head headset with, with two um, you know, earpieces with it, with a, you know, a mic, boom mic, as you might, might expect. And it, the nice thing about it is it's both um, you know, great for the desktop and for while traveling in that it comes with a, a USB kind of stand that you put it into when it's charging, which works great. And it, it pairs really well with the desktop computer, but it also works across Bluetooth. So it works with your phone and your tablet and whatever else you're traveling with. Um, has about 10 hour battery life really light and comfortable to wear um so i'm using it as my kind of go-to headset and um you know music playing headset as well when i'm traveling uh and it's probably my, my favorite device I've, I've bought in the last five years or so very very nice it's not cheap at all it's um 188 dollars on amazon right now for headphones um, so for, yeah for headphones i don't do these things cheap, but they're not made by Bose. what <laughs> But it's it's that kind of quality. Um, I, I really do recommend it, and plenty of other people do. I've seen Darren Adams, an old friend of the show, and then Volker as well, uh, mentioning this headset. It's really really nice, and and I found it to be a good investment, even though it was very expensive at the time. So here's um, twill twill little factet. I've used the same headphone on every single <laughs> twill. Seriously, seriously, I'm very impressed. The Logitech, I'm still wearing that. Now, what is interesting is it does creak when I talk now. So I, there might be some bits on the <laughs> podcast where you hear like a creak. That's, that's my headset creaking. So I might have to get one. But it might be interesting to go back through and see how many headsets we think Stuart has used on this podcast versus my <laughs> one. And still, I'm, I still used one more than any IBMer, except maybe Ed. <laughs> Oh, lovely. Great going back to some of the threads that run through this show. Um, actually, it's worth mentioning, uh, I've mentioned that going back through the archives, the reason for that is um, I've been bringing back all the old Twill shows back online again. They disappeared offline for a while when I no longer had Domino servers and things to run the Twill site on. They're now back on a, a lovely new shiny um, WordPress-based blog. Um, so I think we're up to show 56 or something like that now. But by the time this gets published, we should be probably on to 70 or 80. And uh, hopefully by next week, we should be fully up to date with all the shows available, all the show notes, uh, all the guest details and everything else. So if you fancy going back to Monk Chip's rant or uh, you know any of the other kind of you know big highlights, some of the live shows from, from Lotusphere and from UK Lug and elsewhere, um, have a trawl through the archives. The search is very good and you should be able to find anything you're looking for on there. That's at thisweekinlotus.com. And on the topic of podcasts, um, we've so enjoyed bringing Tool back this week that the three of us, Jesse, Darren, and I, um, are, are thinking about maybe doing another one. So, Darren, what do you think? Should we put together another podcast? Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm missing an outlet. I, I, my, my road rage now going up because I don't have podcast rage. Yeah, you're getting it all in all in tweets as well. Um, there's 140 <laughs> character rants. It's more than there used to be. But yeah, we, we've missed it. Darren and I have missed it. It was great to be back together in Austin. It's good to be doing this show again. Um, Jesse fits into the, the two of us brilliantly well. I think the three of us ought to do a good show. There probably isn't enough to just rant about IBM. I think we've, we need, we've got more to share than just that. So the three of us will be doing a general tech Rant Fest podcast. Um, I'm sure more constructive than, than I've articulated it there. Uh, on a, can I just say, not weekly basis. That was one of the um, one of the key details in discussing this. Is we will not be committing to weekly shows. Just when we have uh, a lot to discuss. You looking forward to it, Jesse? 
I I am. I'm uh you know, I've I've been enjoying doing this one right now and I'm definitely looking forward to uh to, to continuing uh, on a not weekly basis. <laughs> He's just scared he won't get on a new one before it gets cancelled, so that's why he wants to be here. <laughs> I got I have to lock it in now. <laughs> if I'm a host, do I get to go on? <laughs> yes you do. And the the plan is that it will be generally of interest to enterprise software users. That's the the way we're kind of framing it. It's not an IBM podcast. It's not just about IBM and Microsoft or, or whatever. It will be anything and everything that has relevance to uh, the folks that have been following us through this week and Lotus in the past. So if you've got any ideas for uh, the show, and either for a title, because that's still up for grabs right now, or for particular topics you'd like to see us covering, uh, do tweet them to This Week in Lotus or to Darren, Jesse, or myself uh, directly. You'll see our Twitter IDs in the show notes for this show. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to bringing that show to you sometime in the next few weeks. Somebody has suggested doing calling questions, which I think would be interesting if we could figure out how to get that to be done asynchronously. So they'll... Because cause does anyone have a phone anymore that actually leaves voice? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's interesting, is so someone can leave a question and we can kind of build at least a five-minute thing around there. And there will be tips. And they make and, and Jesse's and Stuart's might be good. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more Eclipse plugins I could go. <laughs> yeah, hang on, I'm going to Wikipedia now. I'm going to beat you to it. I'm going to tweet Jesse's future tip list. Hang on, no, I can't find it. I can't, I can't type that fast. Okay. <laughs> I could have an excuse for buying more headsets somehow or another. <laughs> That's my main purpose. Yeah, so you haven't had a headset in three years? <laughs> I've had several. Uh-huh. Bought and sold. Anyway, we look forward to doing this show. Uh, Hang on, do... you, can, you can sell used headsets? You can. You can. Sell them on Amazon as used. Oh, I need to see how creaky <laughs> this one is. I can feel it. Okay. Mm, that might be a used Logitech seven-year-old podcast headset coming on Amazon in a couple of hours. <laughs> I look forward to seeing it. Anyway, so that's where we bring this episode to a close. It's been fantastic to get together again. And Jesse, welcome to the team. Um, we are formally closing Twill at this point. I'm sure we've done this three or four times so far. We've said no more Twills. But now that we have a vehicle that we can use to um, get together and discuss and rant uh, at, at the world, we will be using that instead. So this brings the Twill to a close after 115 episodes and uh, five and a bit years. So thank you for your listening. Um, do leave your comments on This Week in Lotus or, or tweeters. We'd love to hear from you. We know how many people, people have been excited by the idea of bringing this back. Um, so thanks for your loyalty. It has been appreciated. But until um, until then, um, this is kind of over and out. Um, so thank you, Jesse. And for anybody who wants to reach out to you, Jesse, what's your Twitter ID and where do they find you online? It is uh, Gidgerby, uh, G-I-D-G-E-R-B-Y. Um... It, like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but uh, that's what it is. Uh, and you can also find me at Frostilicus, uh, frostilic.us. Uh, that's my blog there. Uh, and then you can email me at jesse at Frostilicus. Would work if you were, if you were so inclined. IBM so need to employ you to name their products. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's basically just whatever I'm looking at at the time that I need a name. Again, I rest <laughs> my point. <laughs> Darren, where do people find you? Darren Duke, all one word on Twitter, and until the podcast to be named episode one, Darren out. Awesome. And I am Stuart McIntyre. You can find me online at stuart-mcintyre.com, on Twitter at Stuart McIntyre, um, or that's probably it. Actually, that will do you. Oh, maybe at my new company, fostering.community. But until the next show, whatever it may be called, this is This Week in Lotus. Bye for now.
All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. Pretty good in general. Interesting, interesting times for uh, for Lotus-related podcasting, I would imagine too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was interesting times for years when we stopped true. doing this. Yeah, yeah. So, if we don't have a title sorted yet, do you think we can still talk about just you know doing a, a three-way tech podcast <laughs> as really? As long as we don't say that yeah. in those terms yeah. oh we should so call it doing a freeway we, we we get tons of downloads at least on the first episode the, the, the tech threesome it's rare that i'm speechless but i think i might be wow <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to water. I wasn't expecting to go there today. <laughs> in that sort of area. They do seem to be a hundred year old man in slippers who's just escaped from a mental home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's got a nice punch to it, but, uh, you know, it doesn't always need to be it. Just in case we do any non negative shows. <laughs> That one's a bit Have negative Have you heard today. me? It's Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume, you know, like, maybe maybe you'll both be sick one week. Or... <laughs> I, still like, I still like Tech Blah. I don't know why if I like Tech Blah, but I like Tech Blah. Okay. Apparently I'm the only one. <laughs> I was saying I'm not necessarily against no. this. So it's, okay. it's, it's one of those see, things that we'll, I think it, it, might, when, it needs to percolate, I think. When Lisa says, so we'll see, that means no. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, the new Lisa. <laughs> I'm not filling all those <laughs> Very wise. Good, good to know. Going back to our threesome again. Yes. And we'll, we'll leave where we came in, so to speak. <laughs>